0: a recurring theme is that most venues aren't investing in COVID solutions that are just going to be useful for the next six games or, uh, you know, the next six months. They are looking for solutions that can help them with reopening. But this is also a fantastic time for them to accelerate their general technology roadmap and think about investing in tools for the future.
1: You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed, I'm your host Thomas Loams. great to have you joining us again this week. On today's show we have Julie Johnson, co-founder and CEO of Armoured Things, a Boston-based SaaS company using AI to transform physical security and operations for large venues and campuses. Armoured Things is focused on the need to serve critical data points in real time to venue security and operation teams. Julie co-founded Armored Things after working at Qualcomm where she was focused on cybersecurity and the internet of things for both corporate venture capital arm and as a strategic liaison for the Bay Area research and development team. Previously Julie held various positions across trading investment management and venture capital. She has degrees from the University of Pennsylvania, Wharton and Harvard Business School. Today's discussion centers a lot on how Armored Things is helping teams and leagues return fans safely back to stadiums. If you'd like to learn more about stadium tech then we have our annual research report Uh, that has just been released the sports tech annual the first chapter is on stadiums and venues so you can actually learn a little bit more uh, about what's been done in that area Uh, that's available for a free download sportstechworldseries.com forward slash annual so take a look there if you're interested in in learning a little bit more uh, after today's interview You can also sign up to our newsletter while you're on the website, uh, down the bottom, sportstechworldseries.com. As I said, it's a weekly newsletter, all the best stuff that's happening in the industry, in addition to staying up to date with the podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Limes. Great to have you join us again today. Julie Johnson Roberts, CEO and co-founder Ahmed Things. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Great to have you on the show.
0: Great to be with you. So
1: 2020 has been a a very tough year. for a lot of companies. I mean, that's an understatement of 2020, uh, but it's been a really difficult time. Uh, sports organizations, sports companies that are servicing these sports organizations, venues, anyone within that universe. Uh, but it's also presented an opportunity for companies to pivot and grow in response to the two, into that new normal. Uh, things I would say, is definitely in that latter category. So earlier this year, raised a further $7 million in funding, announced a new initiative with LAFC, and their Bank of California stadium. So that was around delivering SaaS technology capable of monitoring real-time crowd movements to help facilitate the safe return of fans to the stadium. Can you share a little bit more detail about what that solution looks like in action?
0: Yeah, great. And, you know, maybe it helps to say, first off, what is crowd intelligence, which is our kind of core business. Uh, and, And crowd intelligence, the way that we use it is understanding people and flow in large spaces. So, you know, if you're coming into a venue, an ability to understand where you're going in real time, historically, and ultimately predictively. Uh, You know, we do that for security reasons, right? We wanna be able to spot any issues or bottlenecks. Uh, We do that for operational reasons like staffing, uh, making sure your facility is well cleaned and utilized. Uh, And then obviously that data is also now coming in handy for COVID and safe reopening, right? If you know where people are, how can you make sure that safe policies are being put in place uh, and followed? So when 2020 uh, started, you know, this was going to be a big growth year for us and it actually has uh, continued to be so, uh, given that our solutions can really help with safe reopening. But what we did is we took a step backwards and said, um, you know, our customers have no fans right now. Uh, our customers are going back to the drawing board and reenvisioning their seasons. Uh, working with their leagues to say, are we going to be in a bubble? or Are we going to be at our home venues? And then, you know, once they're in their home environment saying, what are the practices we need to put into place? So we, like everyone else, started talking about things like temperature taking uh, and distancing and mask wearing uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, just to say, you know, what is the new normal going to look like? And then within that, we really drilled into where can armored things help? And that's things like understanding in real time, if an area is getting overcrowded, right? If there's too many people there, uh, understanding if people are too close together and then having data that actually supports not only that you have good practices put into place, but that people are adhering to those policies because a, a policy that no one is following is not very useful.
1: Yeah, and I assume all of that's in real time. It is. Yeah, so w- you were founded back in 2016. We have talked about 2020 and, and that, crowd intelligence solution and and how those applications uh relate to coronavirus obviously social distancing um making sure that people are separate you've got the flow of of people in and out of venue and then within the venue itself what would you say your core business was prior to this year prior to having that i guess extra impetus of of keeping people six feet apart and has it shifted since the pandemic is it is it the same core business just applied differently
0: Uh, In some ways, yes. You know, our core business prior to COVID really was still, it was still crowd intelligence, but it was focused on everyday operations and security, right? The things I mentioned like staffing, utilization, facilities management, um, and looking for anomalies. That is still very important to most of our customers. So, you know, a, a recurring theme is that most venues aren't investing in COVID solutions that are just going to be useful for the next six games or, uh, you know, the next six months, they are looking for solutions that can help them with reopening. But this is also a fantastic time for them to accelerate their general technology roadmap and think about investing in tools for the future. So I would say the number one reason why people call us is let's get fans back into the venue safely. It's just top of mind. It's really important to top line of these venues, and it's important to the safety of their players, their fans, their staff, etc. The second reason is that everyday operations and security, which can drive a lot of efficiencies and cost savings in a major venue. Uh, the third bucket is a little bit newer for us, which is that this data long term can also be used to enhance the fan experience and potentially generate more revenue, right? So if I know, uh, you know where Thomas is standing in line and it turns out that you know, there's a big group of people standing there, how do we, in advance of that line forming, give people information to make better decisions, avoid overcrowding? you know, go to areas that are maybe underutilized, improve their experience, but also potentially, you know, increase the average ticket of people coming into our venue.
1: Yeah, definitely be able to push them to certain areas of um, F&B or whatever, food and beverage, whatever that is, um, so they're not um, stuck queuing when they could be free off purchasing things and then getting back to the game.
0: um, That's right. yeah. Well, and there's, there's also a benefit there in terms of A-B testing, right? If I have two different models, we'll take F and B as an example. You know, I have a grab-and-go kiosk, and I have your traditional line-based ordering system. You know, is the grab-and-go kiosk actually much faster, or are the experienced professionals, you know, teeing something into the machine uh, across multiple registers actually faster than the grab-and-go with one register? So there's some really interesting data that can come out of uh, testing different models, seeing how people behave, how people react, uh, and then you know, moving forward on things that are successful and profitable and beneficial to the experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So it's, I guess it's the real-time input, but then after the match is over, being able to sit down during that week or that month and being able to look back through it and go, how have we, how have we performed? And it's interesting okay. you mentioned the, um, the teams aren't investing and, and venues aren't investing in just a once off for coronavirus. Um, we had Andrew Shannon um, from Mercedes-Benz Stadium on the show and he said exactly the same thing. He said um, the Venn diagram, which I'm doing again, I'm gesturing with my hands on a podcast, we can't see my hands, but everyone knows what a Venn diagram is. But the, the value between on um, one side you have return to play, immediately getting fans back in this kind of new normal COVID, whatever that looks like. And then on the other side, long-term value, uh, and you need to be in that middle sweet spot um, to, be, to be relevant to, to having teams and, and, and venues invest in you. So about that, that pivoting, I want to I ask a little bit about that pivoting and how that process. Before we get too far into that, what does this actually look like from a technical point of view? Like where are all these data inputs coming from um, in terms of where do you get this information throughout a venue?
0: Yeah, so one of the key things about us is that we don't uh, have to deploy any kind of unique sensors or uh, unique hardware for our solution. We're really leveraging what the venues have already invested in. So many of them have spent millions upon millions of dollars investing in, uh, you know, the next generation of Wi-Fi technology for connectivity. They've spent, you know, great. Uh, they've spent a lot of capital on uh, upgrading their camera systems to make sure that they're, uh, you know, well functioning for security. Uh, and that they can be used for emergency response or incident response. We can pull data from systems like that or Bluetooth, RFID, uh, and then tie in things like weather, traffic, ticketing as additional context for our understanding of the environment and predictions. Uh, The benefit of doing that is that it saves the venues a ton of money up front, and it saves time in terms of ripping open walls and putting in new sensor-based technology. Um, The important thing about that is that we are not identifying individuals. So when we are pulling data out of these different systems, we're really looking for patterns and trends of where people are uh, in crowds, how they're moving you know, when there are no people and turning that into things that could be used to spot anomalies, right? Unusual behavior after hours or even you know, during a game, right? There was an MLB venue where we were deployed that had a very specific pattern, game over game. And then we saw a big spike in the middle of the name that, game that we weren't expecting. It turned out to be a rain delay, right? So in that case, we flagged it right away to investigate uh, and it turned out not to be a security incident, but our data supported that this was a change in behavior that we should be aware of to be thinking about in terms of our venue operations and how people are uh, reacting and moving in real time.
1: Yeah, so it's the, um, correct me if this is completely wrong, um, but they're looking into the matrix, it's you know, it's, it's all the, it's all the data coming down, looking for patterns, looking where things are, and it's all um, it's all de-identified, but it's all these different inputs um right. that create up create the fan experience, including security is important and safety is an important right. part of the fan experience. But understanding where that is and how how is that data then fed back in? Is that comes into a dashboard? Do you have a war room? Like, is that offsite? How do, how do people actually interact? Um, that people working with stadiums and venues interact with that data?
0: Yeah, so most of our data is really used by the operators and you know internal folks for the venues, right? So they could be sitting in a command center or walking around the venue. So they're gonna have uh, you know, our, our visibility, uh, which really kind of feels like a mix of a Google map and a weather map, right? So knowing where traffic is flowing, understanding how people are moving, um, and they'll be using that in combination with the systems they already have, right? You know, they already have video systems that they're using for security. They already have communications tools and workflow management tools, but we're giving them that fundamental context of where people are. And then if I'm walking around the venue and I'm trying to get a very quick handle on what's going on, I could also be getting alerts from us saying, hey, you asked to be reminded if this concourse is over 100 people, you're at 85. Do you wanna go there? You know, do you wanna maybe yeah. check that out before it gets any more crowded? And that's the kind of um, you know, work that we're doing to try and get ahead of things becoming an incident because no one actually wants to be responding after something uh, is an incident. Yeah,
1: we definitely. also have
0: the benefit of seeing things kind of game over game, right? Week over week, year over year. So the longer we're working with these venues, the smarter we get, the more accurate we get. Uh, and, uh, and I think that'll continue to be the case because increasingly they're adding more and more data sources. And the more data we have, the more accurate we can get on our predictions.
1: Yeah, prevention is better than a cure as they say. So <laughs> coming, coming back to what we were talking about, I mean, pivoting from um, from the crowd intelligence generally and then, and then looking at, well, this is a, a specific need around COVID response. Um, what was the po- process pivoting to that? Did you kind of repurpose existing solutions? Did you create new solutions?
0: So most of what we were doing was kind of an acceleration of features that were coming anyway, right? So we had uh, just started working with venues about a year ago. Uh, We were already looking at things like alerting. So how could we let people know about certain uh, incidents or anomalies in their environment in a very easy way, right? Whether it's a text message or a pop-up alert. uh, And it just so happened that this is a very specific type of alert around density and distancing and the number of people in a space. So a lot of what we were doing was really just pulling forward uh, features that we knew our customers already wanted and then tailoring them to the current moment. You know, the reason that's also relevant is that means that that's useful after COVID also, right? There's lots of things that you might want to be alerted on in a venue that have nothing to do with whether you and I are sitting, you know, within six feet of one another.
1: And, and was that, you mentioned kind of customers um, were aware of these updates or, we're asking these updates. Was that how it worked? Did you go to customers and say, "All right, no one knows really what the future holds. What do you need?" Or was it kind of preempting them and saying, "This is a smorgasbord of what we can do. Um, what would be practical?"
0: Right. I, I think it always has to be some kind of combination, especially in a crisis that is ongoing. You know, some folks certainly uh, their heads were spinning. Right. You know, yep. we're just trying to figure out how the heck we keep our staff. Right. And Uh, and keep paying salaries, and that's really important. We don't wanna take their focus away from that. Other folks are saying, wait a second, I finally have time to breathe in between seasons. Maybe I can accelerate some interesting new technologies. So it really really depended on the customer. So we try to stay close to those uh, who we're already working with, those who are already interested in working with us, uh, and really understand what they consider to be the most pressing. And from there, you know, we said, okay, what does that look like to our development roadmap? And how do we also take into account the federal guidelines, the state guidelines, the city guidelines, because there is a component of this that's ultimately PR related. So I want to be as a venue talking to my fans, you know, months ahead of them coming back to my venue and saying, hey guys, this is all the stuff that we did to keep you safe. This is the way that we're using this data. These are the good practices we're putting into place. We feel confident. We are not doing it for the first time the day that you walk in our doors. We've been doing it already for six months. On the other side of the spectrum, there are certain city and state governments that are much more reticent to have fans come back. You know, some of the places that, that were the most heavily impacted or that saw waves of the virus first, I think will potentially be the last to reopen fully. Uh, and in those places, you know, our customers look at our data and say, oh, if we can take this to city and state stakeholders and say, look we have data showing how great of a compliance rate we have, right? We're 95% compliant, mm. 99% compliant. We feel confident that that is an extremely high success rate and we can bring in more fans and maintain that level of success and we'll have data to show us if we're not able to and we'll be able to dynamically say, okay, let's take a step back and hit the pause button. That is very important to them. Because everyone wants fans to come back. It's such a communal experience that it's, figuring out how to do that, how to do that safely and how to, how to message that to the people who need to know about it.
1: Yeah, and having it underpinned by, by data, having it shown that this is not just someone licking their finger and pointing it to the wind and thinking, oh, I guess we could fit this many people here. I guess we could fit many, that many people there. It's, as you said, underpinned by data. Um, and so important when you're dealing with um, fan safety, uh, which is the fundamental even if it's maybe not the most visible of um, kind of concerns, whatever, but you talk about fan engagement and fan experience, safety is number one and, and everything flows from there. So that's, uh, that, that's really interesting. What's on the horizon? What, uh, you've got, obviously got this injection of, um, of capital earlier this year. What's, what's, kinda, what's next? What's on the roadmap?
0: Yes, yeah, so interestingly, a lot of our venues are working more and more closely with their leads. So I would say that we have, you know, kind of thought leaders right now working with us in every league. And the question is, how do we now look to build partnerships at a league level and start to achieve economies of scale for them to end up coming back to the venues? Uh, You know, can we become a recommended standard across the venues? Uh, And that takes uh, a lot of work on our side, a lot of work on the venue side. But the great news is, you know, again, because we're using their existing technology, a lot of them have already invested in. The components that we would need, mm. the Wi-Fi, the cameras, uh, and they look at our solution as a way to actually get more value out of dollars that were already spent uh, and something that's very attractive uh, in a world where we're trying to figure out uh, safe ways to have crowds in venues. So that's probably our biggest push in the venue space is how do we work more with the leagues, you know, coordinate with some of the uh, apps and other services that tend to be league-wide or heavily adopted, because the more we interact with those, the more it helps Uh, Our solution kind of pull value into other places where our customers are living beyond our app directly.
1: So pulling in more data points. um, Once you have a a venue on board, is being able to go, what's the visit? How can we get more visibility on what's happening? I mean, more better data equals better insights, better results.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and in some ways, how can we also put our data into other systems? So what context do we have? they don't. So it's almost a two-way data flow. We're getting all great data uh, into our system to understand these patterns uh, and predictions, but we can also tell them, hey, you reported an incident in another system. Here's the context. There were 50 people there. This is what it looked like at that time. You know, you wanna know uh, whether your response team responded the way that they should have given those conditions, and we have the uh, information that tells you what those conditions were.
1: Yeah. Okay, it's really interesting and it's going to be interesting to see how, how you grow over the next few years. Obviously with um, some sort of resolution or something happening with COVID, again, no one knows. Uh, I think everyone's banking on a vaccine for, for life to return somewhat to normal. Um, but well,
0: that's, that's really a question I would ask back to you. You know, you've talked to a lot of experts. Do people think that we're going to go back to where we were in February? Yeah, I mean, I haven't
1: talked to, haven't talked to any yeah. infectious disease experts. So <laughs> in terms of, of that, I have learnt throughout all this not to comment on what I don't know about. I would say um, in terms of behaviours, uh, people want to get back. I think people do want to get back to – and if we define normal as a sold-out stadium for marquee events – Um, down the road from the University of Texas at Austin, Longhorns Football Stadium, 100,000-person stadium. They're charging ahead with um, a whole bunch of modifications and and refurbishments to it, Uh, and 100,000 screaming Longhorns in there. Um, If that's normal, I think we will get there one day. Um, I just think that there's things that have been accelerated from... Covid nineteen. I don't think there's new there's new trends or new necessarily new solutions. I, I'm a big believer in um, it's accelerating existing tech. It's accelerating again existing partnerships. Like like what you, you you've mentioned exactly what you've mentioned. It's, it's saying that this was there. That was a it was a solution about fan engagement and and the experience. All it does is just push it forwards, and and maybe it changes the motivations behind it. Uh, in the sense of before, it was we don't want people queuing because it's really boring to queue and you actually want, you want them to watch the game. And now it's we don't want people queuing because we don't want people near each other because we don't want them to get sick. Um, so right. it, it's, it's pushing yeah. things, things like cashless, things like uh, in app ordering, things like, um, I mean, just better data on fans, being able to, a, a fan coming into a venue, uh, being able to send them personalized information and saying hey you should go to this gate because your your seat is here and there's less of a queue here or sending them offers um, so understanding that they always go and purchase food at the third quarter or half time or whatever that is sending them an offer and, and pushing them somewhere else so i think it's it's this dynamic understanding of the fans um, but to be able to do that you need to know about your fans you need to know who's in your venue What are their preferences? And and certainly solutions like armored things uh, massively help with that.
0: Right. And one of the themes that you're really pointing to is preparation. You know, I think Mm. 2020 and COVID caught us all um, a little bit underprepared, right? It was unique. It was not quite what we had expected. Uh, And so no one had the perfect solution in place for this scenario ready to go. Uh, But looking forward, you know, say there's another similar event in five years, right? I hope that doesn't happen, but if it does, I think there will be an expectation of a different level of preparation, right? Mm -hmm. You know, after 9-11, airports started preparing for the next incident, right? Because if, God forbid, that happened, they wanted to be able to say, we did everything we could to be prepared so it wouldn't happen again. And if it did happen, we could minimize any catastrophic damage. In many ways, covid is a prolonged serious security incident for which we are all taking a step back and saying what needs to be my new level of preparedness going forward and in an incident how do i leverage all of the tools at my disposal to be ready to respond so that we don't have the catastrophic shutdowns of you know april may june depending on you know your geography but that we're rather uh, prepared to stay open in an extremely modified version in a safe way, uh, and we can weather the storm together.
1: Yeah, and and I think the organizations that have been investing in technology and investing, not necessarily uh, just investing money and going this is the latest wave of technology, but investing time and understanding what's out there and, and having the finger on the pulse, So that in response to something like this, I mean LAFC, we had Christian Lau on the um, CTO on the podcast, fantastic leader. um, And we were talking more about um, just generally the innovations that they're putting forwards, uh, being aware. So if there is something you have to rapidly respond to, you're not starting from square one. You can go, we have made investments in what's out there. We can push this forward. Again, basic things I, I mentioned earlier, cashless, ticketless, technology, um, stadiums are already looking at that. Now that you can't have a filthy bit of paper um, that you pay for things or you give to someone to get in the venue, uh, they can rapidly roll that out. So that's, that's, that's again, like the big lesson, I think, and I, hope, I really hope it stays um, post-COVID uh, that you need to be tech savvy. You need to be thinking. You need to be educating yourself on what's out there and, and, and leverage your partners as well. Um, you don't have to know everything. Right. You can partner, again, organizations like Armored Things, be able to work together and work collaboratively and go, well, these are my needs. How can you meet those needs? And let's work together to kind of take that forwards.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Great. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Julie. I've got one last question before we go. We ask all our guests, what is your favorite sporting moment of all time?
0: Oh, my gosh. Got to give someone advanced preparation for that one.
1: Not nah, spring, it. spring you
0: know, on. it. It's probably more experiential than in, in the game itself. But I remember uh, in, uh, in 2008, the, the fall of 2008, uh, when the Phillies won the World Series, uh, and I was in college in, in Philadelphia. Uh, walking down the street, and it was that that late fall moment, and you just had people pouring out of every bar restaurant uh, you know apartment building and running down the streets, just yelling at the top of their lungs and wanting to be there together to celebrate uh, and the energy of that and the enthusiasm of that was just so contagious at this level that i don 't think i 'll ever forget. Um, and, and to me, you know, that's more memorable than some of the moments in the game itself, despite my, uh, my love at the time of uh, Shane Victorino, the flying Hawaiian and the rest of the team there. Uh, but, but really just that memory of winning and seeing everyone come together. And that's really what we're fighting to protect.
1: Definitely. That's, I mean, 100%. That is, that, that's it. That's, that's what it's trying to get back to you. Ask me if, if I think it'll get back. I think, yes. I don't think humans have fundamentally changed. Um, in the last year, let alone the last thousand years. Uh, we love, we love sports as much as, you know, in the Coliseum watching blood sport back in the day, <laughs> 2000 years ago, 3000 years ago, whatever it is. Um, but it's that, it's that human interaction. It's just that passion. It's just that, that right. intangible that sport creates. Um, so I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Uh, it's just up to us in the industry to, to find ways to make it safe and, and return it. Return it to the fans. That's right. Great. Well, thank you again, Julie. I'll put uh, maybe get some footage uh, of that World Series wins in the show notes. I'll also link back to Christian's episode um, from uh, LAFC uh, and include uh, some information about yourself in the show notes as well. And people can click through and uh, find out more about Armored Things.
0: Great. Perfect.
1: There you have it. That was Julie Johnson Roberts, CEO and co founder of Armored Things. Uh, doing some very interesting stuff in the industry and perfect example of a company that has taken the opportunity presented by the pandemic uh, to help get fans back and, and help sports teams, sports leagues, stadiums, venues, universities, a whole range of uh, different organisations and really help them combat uh, a lot of the issues that are faced with this pandemic. So they're to be commended for that, a uh, really interesting solution and looking forward to seeing how they grow over the next few years. I've been your host, Thomas Alomes. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Thomas Alomes can also contact me, thomas at sportstechworldseries.com. Always great to continue the conversation uh, where we can with with our listeners. So if you do have questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, As I mentioned at the beginning, you can go to sportstechworldseries.com to sign up for our newsletter. You can also go to sportstechfeed.com for show notes from today's episode. There you'll find uh, some links to other episodes, including the one with Andrew Shannon from Mercedes Benz Stadium, AMBSE Sports and Entertainment, and also Christian Lau, CTO of LAFC, one of our Thing's main clients. We'll be back again next week, same time, same place. For now, I have been your host, Thomas Loams. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>